The Tampa Bay Buccaneers enter week 11, a tough matchup that they are likely to lose against the San Francisco 49ers. But guess what? You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks fans? Welcome to this episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at dharrison82, your host for this episode, David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for BucksGameDay.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation we're here we're here with you five days a week every monday through friday along with the every dares and every dares as always we greatly appreciate your continued support for the program and if you want to get even more out of lockdown bucks become a lockdown bucks insider you can text directly with my buddy my partner james jarko just go to join subtext.com slash locked on bucks to get in on that fun today's episode of locked on bucks brought to you by jace medical empower yourself with a pre with the purchase of a jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 different infections and more. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. On today's episode of Locked On Bucks, we're talking about Todd Bowles and we're stashing and trashing from week 10 following the Buccaneers' 22-6 win over the Tennessee Titans. But first, just like Dwayne Johnson said in the intro there, it doesn't matter if the Buccaneers lose the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. And I just say that, because we're about to talk about playoffs. Yes, we're going to talk about playoffs. Look, if people can talk about the NFL draft in middle of November, I can talk about the playoffs, guys. Because that's really where this whole thing about it doesn't really matter if the Buccaneers lose the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. That's where this take comes from. Okay. Um, and obviously, I'll say this again later, but you want to beat the 49ers, right? But listen, uh, everybody's going to predict the Buccaneers are going to lose. I don't know what I'm going to predict yet, but you know, I haven't looked at the tape yet and I have to see what they look like again coming off of that three-game losing streak. And every Sunday is an opportunity, any given Sunday and all that stuff, right? But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play in the NFC South. And for a second straight season, this is the NFC slouch. And so that's going to be the expectation. This time last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were 5-5. Five and five. This year, they're 4-6. and six. So for all that was said about Tom Brady leaving and this team completely bottoming out. You're only one game off the pace you were at last year. And honestly, I think the offense this year, if you copy paste this offense in last year, I think they have a better chance uh, winning a couple more games and making more noise in the postseason than they ended up doing uh, there at the end of Tom Brady's career. That being said, after losing four straight games heading into week 10, the Buccaneers are currently in eighth place uh, out of a possible 16 places in the National uh, Football Conference. So they're just as close to the top as they are to the bottom. Not really in performance, but mathematically anyway, it works. Blame it on whatever you want to. But at four and five, the Buccaneers are only one game out of the seventh place in the NFC and the final wild card spot. So, yes, it is relevant to talk playoffs at this point in the season. They're also only half a game out from first place in the NFC South as we speak today, thanks to the Saints losing to the Minnesota Vikings in week 10. That means a big upset win over the 49ers, and it would be a big upset. Tampa Bay is in first place in the division by the end of this week, uh, a win and a loss by the Vikings to the Denver Broncos in week 11 in Denver. And the Bucks would have the division lead, but they would also only be half a game back of Minnesota for the final wild card spot in case the Buccaneers were to fall out of the top of the NFC South. Still winning the division. I think everybody agrees is the most likely path to the postseason for these Buccaneers uh, and for any team in the NFC South, to be honest with you. So with the Saints on a bye, Tampa Bay can make up that half game difference this weekend. Uh, now, if they lose, 
which again, most everybody's going to predict that they're going to lose this game. Then Tampa falls to 10th place in the NFC, uh, NFC race at, at best. Uh, third in the NFC South because the Falcons are also on a bye. So with matching four and six records, Atlanta has the tiebreaker because of that painful, painful game earlier this season. Therefore, the Bucs would go from second to third. So at the end of this weekend, the Bucs are either going to be first place in the NFC South or third place in the NFC South. Doesn't matter what else happens. One of those two realities is going to be a thing. If things go the way that I think they're going to this weekend with all of the games, and again, we're talking about a Monday, Tuesday prediction here, uh, the Bucs are actually going to end up in 11th place because uh, if they take a loss, because I'm taking the Rams at home to upset the Seahawks for now. We'll see if that changes before the time comes. But if Seattle wins, Tampa Bay is in 10th place, even if they lose. Uh, but here's the here's the reason. Here's the, here's the, here's where the rubber meets the road, right? Here's why it doesn't necessarily matter if the Buccaneers lose to the 49ers this weekend, because they get a bounce back opportunity in week 11 or a week 12, rather, when the Bucs are visiting the Indianapolis Colts and the Saints are fa- facing the Atlanta Falcons. So, one of those top NFC South teams besides the Bucs, they're going to eat each other, they're going to cannibalize each other. So assuming that James Jarko gets to finally cover a Buccaneers win for the first time ever, the Buccaneers would then be back in second place, no matter what happens in the NFC South and potentially back up to eighth place in the NFC. So you lose to the 49ers, you fall to 10th or 11th, you fall to third in the NFC South, the, the roof feels like it's collapsing in. The sky is falling on everybody. People are starting to call for Todd Bowles to get fired again. But the very next week, as long as James Jarko gets to cover a win in Indy, and as long as the Saints and Falcons do what the Saints and Falcons are going to do, and that's play each other, uh, the Buccaneers could very well be right back up into the same situation they were before they played the 49ers. Um, So uh, literally the epitome of no harm, no foul. Now, after that, the Buccaneers then get the Carolina Panthers in Week 12, all setting up a potential, potential first-place matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons in week 14 of the NFL season, both of whom would be six and six potentially at that time. After that, Tampa's got the Jaguars. They've got the Saints. They've got the Panthers. And if you win two of those three games, the Bucs are up to where they can not only make the playoffs, but win the NFC South division. So all that is to say, obviously you want to beat the 49ers. You want to win every game if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but if it doesn't happen, and if all the predictions come true, and if all the pundits are proven right, and the Buccaneers lose to the 49ers, this thing is far from over. Uh, but if the Bucs are going to beat the 49ers, they're going to need to stash a couple of good things they did in Week 10 when they defeated the Tennessee Titans. They're also going to need to trash a couple of things that they did in Week 10 when they defeated the Tennessee Titans. That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by Jace Medical. You and I and, and James and you and you and James spent a lot of time talking together and we like to get fired up together for wins. We like to get bummed out together for losses. We talk about who's going to start, who's going to sit, all of those things. And we are eternally grateful for those connections that we have made to Bucks fans. But today, this conversation is going to turn a little bit personal because whether you're on extended travel, racing for major weather events, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered by Jace Medical. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in one-year supplies. That list is getting longer, seems like by the week. And right now you can even get ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revadio prescriptions. Uh, go online right now at jacemedical.com to get your 12-month supply of your daily medications. And remember to use the promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. One verified, one verified customer had this to say about Jay's quote, 
I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotics kit. Uh, I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies as well. I highly recommend this for everyone. End quote. If you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Thanks for making a locked on bucks your first listen your first view today and every day and every day is greatly appreciate you coming through on a regular basis like you do football season is in full swing locked on is kicking up our coverage with locked on nfl kickoff live every friday at 2 p.m eastern your hosts are going to go through every game go through the fantasy lineups betting angles all of it and you'll get in-depth in-depth analysis from your stable host here on the network find locked on nfl kickoff live every friday at 2 p.m eastern on the locked on nfl youtube channel time to stash it and time to trash it and even though James isn't here, he shared what he wants to see stashed from week 10 and what he wants to see trash from week 10. And of course, I'm going to share mine with you as well. I'm going to share my stash first because it's the best one. And it's about Rashad White, Arizona State legend running back Rashad White, who looked more like a Tampa Bay Buccaneers legendary receiver on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. Um, and I'm only going to bring this up because James and I had a little bit of a disagreement last week lead up to the game where James said that he wanted to see uh, Rashad White getting more involved but running the ball. He didn't want to see as much catching. He just wanted to see a lot more running. Uh, and I said, I was okay with the catches on top of it. And I think a lot of you agreed with me uh, because you're smart people. James got what he wanted now. Uh, Rashad White, I keep wanting to call him Devin White for some reason, but Rashad White got 20 carries, 51 yards. That's 2.6 yards per carry. Not great, but it's a good, uh, good involvement or good usage rate for Rashad White, right? But I also got what I wanted. Three targets, two catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown on the game. Um, as of right now, as of this point in the season, Rashad White has run the second most routes in the National Football League among all running backs, and he has the second most receptions as well. And he and Christian McCaffrey of San Francisco 49er fame, uh, you will be seeing him this weekend, are the only backs with at least 30 targets this season without a single drop. Uh, that's good company to be in. Wyatt and McCaffrey are also the only two running backs with more than 270 receiving yards this season as well. Uh, and the only receiving category where the Buccaneers running back is significantly trailing McCaffrey right now is in touchdowns. So Dave Canales, Baker Mayfield. Let's uh, let's take it up a notch, guys. Let's let's get Rashad White some uh, some tutties. You know what I mean? Some receiving catches uh, in, in the end zone or, or to the end zone. All right. So that's my stash. I want to see Rashad White. Uh, I wanted to see Rashad White getting involved in the game plan just in general, but especially in the passing game. We saw some of that uh, on in week 10. Let's continue to see that. James's stash, this is why I kept wanting to say Devin White because James's stash is Devin White, but not just any Devin White. Week 10 Devin White. The way James puts it, that Devin White. That is the Devin White that James wants to see, that I want to see. That is the Devin White that made Beckett Yarko pick number 45 for his hockey jersey. That is the Devin White that you all came to love during the Super Bowl run uh, that quite honestly has disappeared for much of the time since then. Uh, Devin White was getting constant and consistent pressure on the quarterback. He was making splash plays. There were no moments that he saw that I saw where you say he was loafing on the play. Uh, not sure if, if you know, we, we don't know right now specifically the blitz rate for the game, but it looked higher. And I can tell you that Todd Bowles mentioned that they were a little bit more aggressive. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Uh, but overall for the game, Devin White, 
racked up four tackles, one sack, one tackle for a loss, and two of those hits on Will Levis. A lot of hits on Will Levis on Sunday. Two of them came from Devin White on top of the sack, on top of the four tackles, on top of the tackle for a loss. It was a good game. Uh, 45 was definitely getting live out there in Raymond James Stadium. Uh, Devin White also came up with a pass defense, giving him perhaps the most well-rounded performance we've seen him for, from him in, in quite some time. You know what I mean? I was very happy to see it uh, as we were in the game. Uh, I was happy to see it. I know James obviously was happy to see it. You guys, I'm sure. Uh, but so was Devin. Devin said after the game, quote, I was just trying to push through. I feel like I've been challenged a lot and it's hard out there, but I just feel like playing with Levante David, he keeps me going. We've got that mindset, relentless, trying to do all we can for this team. At the end of the day, we're giving our all for this team, so we just want to win games. End quote. That's a good quote from Devin. It's a good effort. I uh, hope to see more of that moving forward. So we definitely want to stash, stash that. So Devin White, Rashad White, stash both of those dudes, and let's go get a win in San Francisco. That's what you should be doing for top bowls. James's trash from the week. Uh, he wants to trash the deep balls to Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins. Uh, James says that it's hasn't actually worked so far going deep to Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins. I would probably say that some of those at least uh, are on Baker more so than on the receiver and on the play caller. So, uh, you know, uh, James isn't placing blame here, but I'm just going to go ahead and stand up for Baker uh, and the receivers uh, or, or not, not Baker, Dave Canales and the receivers in that situation. Uh, James also says throwing deep passes and single or double coverage to the two smallest guys on the field uh, is not wise. I think that we can all agree that that's probably not a good thing to do. Uh, so you definitely don't want to see that going on. Success rate throwing deep to Evans is exponentially better uh, than when you're targeting Palmer and Tompkins. And that's what you would kind of expect. Mike Evans is a goat. Trey Palmer and Tompkins are yet to be goats of anything uh, at this time. So um, finally, James finishes his points with you got two Pro Bowl receivers, Dave Canales, Baker Mayfield. Use them. Use them, fellas. Just 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 please just use them, especially against the 49ers. Get those guys the stinking ball, the way that former Buccaneer player Keyshawn Johnson would say, but do it to guys who aren't selfish. Um, I'll add a little bit to this conversation. Entering week 10, so before the Titans game, Tompkins and Palmer combined for 52 targets uh, where the ball traveled 15 or more air yards this season. Evans and Godwin uh, combined for 138, so well over twice as much. Uh, Evans, seventh in the NFL with 24 targets of 15-plus air yards or more. Godwin, 37th with 15 Palmer is 60th with nine and Tompkins is 141st with four. Now I know all those numbers might sound like I'm kind of disagreeing with James here, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm just laying out the facts for you. Right. But here's the bottom line. And this is where James is coming from. The Las Vegas Raiders, the Houston Texans, the Seattle Seahawks, the Minnesota Vikings, the Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams, the Buffalo Bills, the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles, nine NFL teams have something in common. All nine of those NFL teams have two receivers that rank above this Buccaneers duo in 15-plus air yard targets this season. And here's what I would tell you. You got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. The Las Vegas Raiders got Devontae Adams. The Houston Texans got Nico Collins, who, who, listen, I like Nico. I loved him coming out of the Senior Bowl. I wanted to see him with the Buccaneers. They didn't get him. But that's who that's, you know, Tank Dell is doing well. Okay. But neither of those guys are Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, right? Seattle Seahawks. They got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. All right. Minnesota Vikings. I don't know, man. They got like a different receiver every week because they just keep losing dudes. Arizona Cardinals got Hollywood Brown. Um, the Los Angeles Rams got Cooper Cup. The Buffalo Bills got Stephon Diggs and, you know, Gabe Davis here and there. You know, they got kind of a rotating cycle of guys that kind of step up on a week to week basis. New Orleans Saints got Chris Olave. 
Michael Thomas ain't Michael Thomas anymore. The Philadelphia Eagles, okay, you got A.J. Brown. You got Devontae Smith. But I think the bottom line is outside the Eagles and outside the Seahawks, uh, which, I mean, Geno Smith doesn't have as big an arm as Baker Mayfield does, so even the Seahawks a little bit, I kind of discount. But outside the Eagles and outside the Seahawks, there's no excuse for this Buccaneers duo to be behind any of those other teams' top duos and 15-plus air yard targets. There's just not. Uh, I think it's a, it's a it's a huge injustice, and it needs to get fixed. Okay, so I agree wholeheartedly with James here. Not that I have anything against Devin Tompkins or Trey Palmer, neither is James. But you got two dudes. You got one guy who is a surefire Hall of Famer, Mike Evans. You got another guy, Chris Godwin, who certainly has Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber potential. Um, and if you got that kind of potential, you have Hall of Fame potential if you can get consistent production, which takes targets, right? Uh, now, here's something that's going to make James really angry. Uh, before Week 10, Minnesota Vikings receiver Justin Jefferson who hasn't played a game since October 8th has more deep ball targets than Chris Godwin coming into week 10. Think about that. A guy who hasn't played football in over a month came into this last weekend with more deep ball targets than Chris Godwin. That cannot be a thing that continues to happen. Uh, Somebody let Dave Canales know and Baker Mayfield. That can't happen. Uh, So that's James trash it. It's a good one. Needs to be trashed, shredded, burned, buried, and forgotten about. Uh, my trash it is going to be Kadon's usage. So I'm going a little, I'm going usage, but I'm going a little bit less intense here. Uh, Kadon right now, eighth most routes run by a tight end in the National Football League. So clearly he is a receiving back in Dave Canales' offense. Um, but he's 21st in targets. Eighth in routes run, 21st in targets. He's at 38 targets. That's a huge discrepancy. Why are you having this man run around the football field if you ain't going to use him? 11 of Kadon's targets this season have come in the first quarter. Seven in the second quarter, seven in the third quarter, 13 in the fourth quarter. So clearly the Buccaneers are targeting him more often in the first and fourth quarters. Here's the problem. The Bucs are one in four when Kate Otten has six or more targets this season. So that might tell you I'm wrong. They shouldn't use Kate Otten as much, right? But here's, 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 here's the context behind that. In his two most productive Buccaneers games, Houston and Chicago, one win, one loss. Kate Otten had four targets in the second and third quarters of each of those games. And the other two, both losses, Kate Otten had a combined one target in the second and third quarters. Not saying he's the missing link to consistent winning here, but getting consistent production from your receiving tight ends is going to help this team, especially in the middle part of the game, keep consistency, build more consistency. And it's going to help guys like Evans, Godwin, White, even Palmer and Tompkins get over or get open so that Baker Mayfield can find them. He's capable of doing it, Kate Otten is. We just need to see Dave Canales, Baker Mayfield, make him a little bit more of a priority. So, that's what we're talking about. Enough of what we're talking about. Let's hear what Todd Bowles is talking about. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode of Locked On Bucks brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 10 and a half point underdogs on the road to face the San Francisco 49ers. 10 and a half point underdogs. Uh, the over-under for this game for total points scored by both teams, 41 and a half points. If you think the Buccaneers can pull off the upset, drop that $5 money line bet on the Bucs when you sign up for a fan duel. If you don't think they're going to pull off the upset, drop a money line bet on the 49ers, make a little bit of cash while you watch your Buccaneers lose. And you'll get 150 bucks in bonus bets if your bet lands. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than now. The app is incredibly easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including the money line, but also spreads, player props, over-unders, 
and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get your winning started this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Bucks. I'm your host for today's episode, David Harrison. We've talked about a good amount of things. We're going to talk about a couple of things Todd Bowles is talking about. First thing Todd Bowles is talking about is Baker Mayfield. You may have heard or seen during the game on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans, Baker Mayfield hurt his thumb. Uh, there are some people in the national media that think it's a huge deal, that it's something to really worry about. There are some that just want to ignore it. Uh, Todd Bowles was asked about it on Monday, and he said, quote, <clears throat> Baker is good, end quote. That was Todd Bowles on Baker Mayfield's injury. Look, it's 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 not a lot of words from Todd Bowles, but it's enough words, right? Baker is good. I don't think that you should expect Baker Mayfield to not play uh, this Sunday's game against the San Francisco 49ers. In fact, I think you should expect him to play. And I think you should expect him to play with his hair on fire, like I said uh, in the first segment, winning or losing this game. Uh, while you would love to win, absolutely, losing this game does not really kill your chances of doing anything you need to do moving forward. So if I have that information at hand, if I'm Dave Canales, if I'm Todd Bowles, I'm just going for it, bro. I am just going out there and I'm just, I'm just going to hammer this team, man. Like I'm just going to throw everything at them and see if they can handle it. That's what I'm going to do. And we're going to do it with Baker Mayfield because his thumb is fine Uh, on the Buccaneers being more aggressive in week 10. So again, uh, James noticed that a lot of people noticed that the Buccaneers certainly looked a little bit more like them old, their old selves. Uh, in week 10 against Tennessee Titans, Todd Bowles said, quote, we were probably more aggressive today like we were all year, like we used to be, uh, just getting back to the basics and doing the things that we do well and playing fast football, end quote. And that's honestly, that's what we love about Todd Bowles football, right? When you when you think of Todd Bowles defense, especially here with the Buccaneers since he, since he came over in 2020, what do you think of? You think of speed, you think of aggression, and you think of surprise, you know, speed, surprise, and aggressive action. Those are the three things. That earmark of Todd Bowles defense. And lately, uh, you could even say for the last year and a half now, haven't seen as much speed, haven't seen as much surprise, haven't seen as much aggressive action, right? We've seen a lot more zone, seen a little bit more passive type of play, and it's kind of melted down to the players. And honestly, I think Devin White plays best when he's playing with his hair on fire and sometimes he's going to make mistakes, but you know what? He's sometimes going to make really great plays. I think you saw more of that against the Titans, and I think, I hope you're going to see more of that against San Francisco 49ers because typically... You would think that Todd Bowles could could really take a young quarterback to work. Uh, but so far, I mean, whether it's Desmond Ritter or it's CJ Stroud or it's Brock Purdy, it's you know what I mean? We've seen young quarterbacks and experienced quarterbacks get the best of Todd Bowles, and that is not supposed to be what happens. Uh entering week 10, the Buccaneers had blitzed 117 times, um, which was like 13th in the NFL, which is still, you know, upper half. But when you compare that to 203 times last year, and even last year we were kind of talking about this Bucks defense looking a little bit more passive. Uh, the Bucks by week last year, by the way, was week 10. So literally the exact same spot in the calendar this year, last year, the Buccaneers had blitzed over over 100, almost 100 times more than they have so far this year. But that changed a little bit in week 10. Uh, the Buccaneers closed that gap a little bit more. So all for it. Hopefully we see it a little bit more. Hopefully we see a little bit more Devin White. Hopefully, we continue to see Rashad White catching the ball, see a little bit more Kate Otten, a little bit more Mike Evans, a little bit more Chris Godwin coming up tomorrow. You are going to see a little bit more Evan Klosky as he joins James Yarko for WTSP Wednesday. In the meantime, you got questions, leave them in the comment section or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at dharrison82. James is at jarko underscore bucks. The show is at locked on bucks or text James directly by going to joinsubtext.com slash locked on bucks. 
become a locked on bucks insider and you can talk to james about all of his hockey dad stuff and all of his uh trey palmer and De- and and Devonte and devin Tompkins hates all day long thank you so much for making locked on bucks first listen to the day every day thank you so much for making us a part of your football routine and until we speak again please be safe be kind fire the cannons and we'll see you next time for another episode of locked on bucks part of locked on podcast network your team every day